Tsaras, as we well know, is a spiritually based malady and it's the result of a person being in a particular spiritual state that is not as healthy as it should be. We'll examine what that state is and also understand how we protect against the spread of Tsaras and why it is that Shabbos candles have a big role to play in that a lesson for us even now that we don't have Tsaras, just in terms of the power of what Shabbos candles can achieve. Pasuk says that as long as the person has the blemish of Tzaras on them, they can spread Tumah. And therefore, the person should sit alone in quarantine, outside of the population. From that we learn, not only is the person with Tzaras impure, but the place in which that person stays, the room, the house, becomes impure as well. So what happens if a Metzorah goes into somebody else's house? So if a Metzorah enters somebody else's house, is a permission and the Mishnah tells us there are two opinions. As soon as the person walks into the house, that's a Metzorah, all of the utensils that are inside that house automatically become Tomei. Opinion number one. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, no, there's a bit of a window. If the material remained in the house long enough that it takes to light candles, then that would allow his impurity to spread through the house. Why? So the commenters explain Rabbi Yehuda's take on this is, We must be talking about a Matsuro who arrived at somebody's house uninvited. Because if he had entered the house by invitation, then Rabbi Huda will say, Well, he was invited in, so as soon as he comes in, the house is now considered his space. And because the Matsuro contaminates his space, whatever's inside that house is now automatically contaminated. But if he wasn't invited and he just arrived, so we give the Balabais a little bit of time to realize what's going on. That time frame is the amount of time it takes to light a candle. And in that time, he could choose to ask the person to leave, in which case it's not his domicile, it's not his space, in which case he cannot contaminate. But if the Balabais allowed this time frame to pass and he didn't ask the Metzorah to leave, then then that home now becomes the space of the Metzorah that he can have influence and impact. Because as far as we're concerned, if you're not asked to leave, then you're there with permission. So therefore it's your space as well. And that is how the Metzorah could then contaminate all the utensils that are inside the house question we're going to focus on is why is the time frame this specific time frame lighting candles so the simple explanation is the simple explanation why we give the balabais that time frame the amount it takes to light a candle to realize what's going on and ask him to leave is because the light, it is quite possible that the material walks in at a time that the Balabais is in the process of lighting candles. And because he's preoccupied, he doesn't ask the material to leave. Which means because he's distracted, if the material is in the house, it's not with his permission. And because that's a likely scenario that the person will be lighting candles when the material walks in, so that's the amount of time we give him to get his head and to ask the material to leave, failing which it becomes so-called the material space and the material can contaminate the house. Now, I think Batera is just so. To the contrary, everything in Torah is absolutely precise. 
Out of all the various examples that the Mishnah could have selected to illustrate the preoccupation of the Balabais, a Dafka chose that he is busy lighting candles. That must mean because it's, a, it's one out of many, many activities that could have preoccupied the Balabas. And especially when you consider it's a time frame. It's not that we're saying the Balabais has to actually always light candles in order to delay the impact of the Mitzur on his house. Like the Rosh says, Could be that he's busy lighting a candle or it could be he's doing something else. Especially when you consider that lighting candles is only really relevant if it's dark outside. Whereas the time frame of how long before Mitzori can contaminate the house would apply equally during the day as well. As the commentaries point out, that in halacha generally, we don't start making different rules for different circumstances. We have one set of rules that applies right across the board, unless there are different circumstances, like unusual circumstances. So the fact that we chose out of all the activities, the one by which we'll measure the time frame for the balabais to decide if he's asking the material to leave, to be lighting candles, move on from that, we understand. That whatever lighting candles is all about relates directly to what this Mishnah is all about. That it's specifically the time frame associated with candles that could potentially prevent the material from contaminating the house. So why candles? So the Rebbe's father gives a very interesting explanation which talks to the, 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 the core of what material is all about. And he says as follows. The concept of a house is used classically in Kabbalah as a metaphor for the, the, for the element of Malchus the last of the spheres. What causes the impurity of Tzeras in the first place? Is the absence of the illuminating energy of Chochmah, which is the first and highest of the ten spheres. And for that reason, we <coughs> that's why one of the things we say about a material is they are considered as if they were dead. You remember that from Dasan and Aviram? Or as... as, as um, <coughs> and various other places. Because Chochmah is the source of all life. So the absence of Chochmah leaves a person kind of dead. So therefore, as long as a Balabai is, is busy trying to light the candle, what does it mean lighting the candle? It means he's trying to reintroduce the energy and light of Chochmah into a space where that energy is absent. So the bringing Chochmah into the space, the Rebbe's father explains that the activation of that Chochmah energy blocks the spread of the impurity of Tzara. Tzara is the absence of Chochmah. So because the Balabais over here is reintroducing Chochmah into the space, that protects against the impurity of Tzara. This relates to the fact that who is responsible to purify a, a Metzora, Dafka or Koyen, as all the Pesukim indicate. Because the Altareb explains that a, a Koyen is the channeler of Chochmah energy into this world. And seeing as that's the antidote to Tzoraz, who's responsible for it? The Koyen. Now, so now that we have a little bit of a spiritual insight and we know the halachic insight and we understand that the time frame um, before which 
the material cannot impact the house is the time frame of lighting a candle. There's a question. Let's say that it's true that the owner of the house is preoccupied because he's lighting candles. Let's be honest. It's not such a massive preoccupation. How hard is it to light candles? It's not possible that while he's lighting candles, he could also turn to the material and say, please leave my house. I don't want contamination in my house. What is so obsessive about lighting candles that you can't concentrate on anything else? The explanation that he's given is, Over here, when we speak about the time frame to light candles, it's, We're talking about a very specific candle lighting, not the ordinary lighting of candles to illuminate the home on a weekday, but rather the one that is done just before sunset, which is Shabbos candles. And because of Shabbos candles, the Balabais cannot talk to the material while he is busy lighting the candles because he is engaged with a mitzvah and he said a brach and he can't interrupt. And because the Shabbos candles will now establish the time frame by which or within which the material cannot impact the house. As we said before, we don't break up the, the rules to be different under different circumstances. So if Shabbos candles, you'd have to wait the amount of time to light the candles before he could talk and instruct the person to leave. That becomes the standardized measure of time for how long a material has before he can contaminate a house. Now, taking into consideration the Rebbe's father's explanation, that it's not just a time frame of how long it takes to light candles, but rather the process of lighting candles, which is the reintroduction of Chochmah energy into a space, is what blocks the proliferation of the impurity of Tzaras. Well, then we can extrapolate that actually the key of finding the energy to be able to block the spread of Tzaras must derive from Shabbos candles. Because it is Shabbos candles that sets the tone of this particular time frame. And therefore, it's not just a matter of working out the time, but it has to also be this is how you find the wherewithal to stop the spread of Tzaras. Let's understand how. The explanation is this. Of course, we must have realized that we're not describing over here the fact that the person themselves gets Tzaras. Rather, over here, we're talking about the case of how the Tzaras impurity will spread to another place, to somebody else's house. So we're talking about the Tzaras extending beyond his own purity and contaminating others. Because we're talking about the potential contamination of a house, of a home. So the antidote to that is Shabbos candles, which bring protection and peace to the home. As we well know, and the Rambam talks about this extensively, that what distinguishes Shabbos candles from the candles that illuminate the house all week long is that Shabbos candles are intended to bring Shalom bias, peace to the home. They're there to protect a person against bumping into wood or stones or tripping or hurting themselves which means we already know that Shabbos candles are designed to protect the people in the home from things that are untoward and that's why these candles have the impact over the house to protect the house from the spread of impurity
Of course, we know what makes the peace in the home due to the Shabbos candles, the fact that they illuminate. So now you can see where you're going. You're not going to bump into things. Surely that would apply on a Wednesday night also that the candles illuminate the home so that you don't bump into things. And it also keeps your house peaceful on Wednesday and Sunday and not only on Shabbos. So what is so special and what's the big mile of the lighting candles Erev Shabbos? That it's specifically this set of Shabbos candles or this set of candles that protects the home against <coughs> negative influences. And in our context against the spirit of Tumah. Why Shabbos candles more than ordinary candles? Light illuminate, surely. The truth is it's not as it appears, just so simple, oh light illuminates. If you have regular light, which is not tethered to a mitzvah, it's not guaranteed that it will be the source of peace. In fact, sometimes it will be the opposite of peace. Because sometimes when the lights are on and it's bright, you can see people who you don't necessarily tolerate or certain behaviors or characteristics of people that are now out in the open that are not necessarily positive. Sometimes the light, the clarity can actually create conflict. You see things you shouldn't have seen or you don't want to see. So it's It's only when you have true light that isn't just illumination. Light that also carries the spiritual and meaningful light of Torah and mitzvahs. Where that is the light that derives from Torah which is designed to introduce peace into the world. Well then you have real light the healthiest light that creates the healthiest results that definitely brings Shalom bias. Shabbos candles, that's where you get Shalom bias from. Now, everything we've explained so far is how it is that Shabbos candles create this barrier that protects us from the spreading of impurity, in this case, the impurity of the material through the house. The fact that where in halacha do we find that the time frame of lighting candles is used as a measure for how long you could protect something from impurity, we find it in the case of tzaras. There has to be something very specific about this intense tumor of impurity and how Shabbos candles specifically protect against this intense kind of impurity. The simplest way to explain it is, well, where does Tsaras come from? Probably the most well-known cause of Tsaras is people speaking Lashon Hora, which is something that drives a wedge between people and creates conflict. So if the problem was caused by conflict, then the resolution must come from Shabbos candles, which is about the opposite of conflict, creating peace. So that makes sense. But we can understand it even more deeply from a spiritual perspective. In order to understand that spiritual perspective, let's first preface a saying of our sages, which is, somebody who is 
so to speak, scrupulous about the mitzvah of lighting Shabbos candles, will have children who are Torah scholars. Here's Rashi. Rashi explains why that is. Because Torah is compared to light and mitzvahs are compared to candles. So therefore, if a person invests in the candles that bring the light of Shabbos and light of Hanukkah, they'll get in return the light of um, of Tamid which means that even though every single mitzvah is compared to a candle, because every single mitzvah that a person does generates light within that person's life and in the environment within that person within which that person finds themselves. That's for every mitzvah. But of course, it will be much more pronounced if the mitzvah is physically linked to a candle. Because obviously, if a mitzvah is always compared to a candle, and now there's a mitzvah that involves a candle, you could see much more clearly the concept of ner mitzvah, the light of that mitzvah as a candle. All other mitzvahs. The so-called candle mitzvah element of them is purely spiritual. You don't see it. You don't actually see the mitzvah looking like a candle or radiating light. So therefore, every mitzvah doesn't necessarily have a very evident, clear impact on the world. We believe there's an impact on the world. Whereas if it's a mitzvah, that involves physical light. Because the light of the mitzvah is linked to an actual physical source of light. Well then, in the same way as the candle actually generates physical light in the world, it actually also generates a spiritual light that is detectable, that is palpable in the world. That's the greatness of Shabbos candles, and that's relevant to our conversation. This links into what the Gemara tells us, that the so-called Western light of the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash, was testament to the world that Hashem's presence is with the Jewish people. How so? The fact that that so-called Western light, which is probably the middle light, according to most Mephoshim, that that was a a miraculous light. It basically never went out. The the Kaidim used it to light the other parts of the menorah, and it would always conclude by reigniting it. Now, if we need something to testify to the fact that David is with us, the Beis HaMikdash had many miracles. Like the Mishnah tells us, there were ten outstanding miracles that happened on a consistent basis in the Beis HaMikdash. What makes this lamp a different miracle from all the other miracles? That this is the one that everybody can see as testament to the fact that the Beis is with the Yidden. Especially when you think about it, you say to me, Where is the menorah? It's indoors. The small indoor section of the Beis HaMikdash. And in the Beis HaMikdash itself, It's not in the entrance hall. But it's in a section that is called Kodesh, which means, Not everybody can gain access to that place. Which means, the vast, vast majority of humanity would never go in there. Whereas if you compare to the other miracles described in the Mishnah Prikyavis, 
There were miracles that happened right there in the courtyard that was open for every single person to see. And even some of the miracles were not even in the Beis Amikdash. They were in the city of Yerushalayim, which every single human being had access to. Obviously, they were much more publicized. Why would you say then that specifically the miracle of the candle on the menorah, which is hidden away in an antechamber that nobody can enter, that is the testimony that the Abish is with the Yidim more than the fact that there's no snakes or scorpions that ever attack a person in Yerushalayim, or that there's a pillar of smoke that goes up and is never moved by the wind? And the Shabir explanation is because that's exactly what's unique about a mitzvah associated with generating light. What happened in the menorah? You have divine light that that manifested in physical light. When spiritual light gets translated into physical light, it has a greater impact on the world, even greater than the things you could see with your own eyes outside in the base of Wow, amazing. No flies in this massive butchery where they're bringing carbonus all days. Yes, that's, that is great. You see the miracle, but there's not the manifestation of divine light into physical light like you had at the menorah. That's why it is specifically the menorah's light that becomes testimony to the world that Abishta is with us. Let's translate from the menorah's light into Shabbos candles. There must also be this unique power to Shabbos candles, which is the truth is it's not only Shabbos candles that bring peace to the world. We're told that the entire Torah is intended to bring peace in the world. Every aspect of Torah brings more peace to the world. It's just that that peace is a spiritual harmony, so to speak, bringing the world to its purpose, bringing together the physical things with their spiritual intention. Where the peace which results from Shabbos candles is something you can experience in your own home. You can see the food that you're eating so you can enjoy your meal. You don't bump into the furniture so you can actually see the effects. That is an indication that the peace generated by this specific mitzvah, Shabbos candles, the peace it brings to the world is far superior to the peace that every other element of Torah brings to the world. It is interesting that this principle that Torah introduces peace to the world, Interesting, where does the Rambam mention this principle when he's talking about Shabbos candles? Why? Because as we've just illustrated, Shabbos candles manifest Hashem's <coughs> light and the peace of Torah in the world in a much more tangible way than any other part of Torah. Let's understand that even better. One of the explanations of the concept that Torah is here to bring peace to the world is as follows. The truest reality of existence is godliness. As Al-Tareb explains extensively in Tanya, particularly in Shari Chod How does the universe exist? 
It's because Eibishter constantly recreates the world from scratch at every single nanosecond. It's just that the Eibishter's impact on the world happens in a way that is invisible to us. So the way we perceive and experience the world is as independent from God. To the extent that you can even have people who believe that the universe is completely independent of any higher control, any intelligent design. So that's where mitzvahs come in to illuminate the world and Torah comes to illuminate the world. When you study Torah, when you perform mitzvahs, it illuminates and shifts your perspective of the world. Like the expression of Chazal, it's like you can see the Creator peeking through the crack at your world. You can acknowledge that the Taka is a God. Then it becomes very apparent the truth of the fact that there is a master of this universe. Not only is there a master, but you eventually get to understand that there is nothing other than Hashem. It's not just that Hashem controls the world like a puppeteer, but there's nothing else besides Hashem. That's what the Chazal are saying when they tell us the Torah was given to bring peace into the world. The fact that Torah was given, which means that Torah was presented in a format that relates to humans in a physical environment in this world. Why did he do that? The intention behind presenting Torah in a way that relates to us in physical terms was to reconstitute the world as a place of peace. Because Torah then facilitates us creating harmony between the world and its creator, the Eibishter. Which means that everybody should be able to see and acknowledge that the world is not a barrier to godliness. Not only is it not a barrier, but actually the entire purpose of the world is to become the place that accommodates Hashem's essence and that is achieved through our mitzvahs and through our avoider. That is peace, to notice and acknowledge and live with the truth for which the universe was created. If that is what all mitzvahs achieve to illuminate the truth of the world, that it is godliness and that it's intended to be a dira b'tachtoinim, Shabbos candles do so in an even greater fashion. Because we have already illustrated how the peace in the world in a tangible way is something you experience for real, personally, with Shabbos candles, even if you don't necessarily have that tangible experience with every other mitzvah. Because this acknowledgement of the fact that the world is godliness as we've just learned, is something impacted by Shabbos candles more than any other mitzvahs. The Zohar says, The Zohar actually says it. What is the candle of mitzvahs? The candles of Shabbos. Because as we've discussed in this Sikha, the illumination of godliness into the world that is achieved through Shabbos candles is greater than the illumination of any other mitzvah. <coughs> Even other mitzvahs that involve candles, like for example Hanukkah. 
ויש שלמה שזה הטעם הפנימי לכך שמין ישר למבייס הנפעל ידי נשבס נאמר הלושן שלי כושל בעצר באבן. Understood that the light of Shabbos candles has this tremendous impact of bringing godliness into the world, achieving the shalom, the peace that is supposed to be in the world, illustrating the world's purpose in a way beyond every other mitzvah. We can understand why the, 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 the definition of the peace that Shabbos candles brings is that you don't bump into wood or into stone. Mawaduk eats or Evan. Why does it say wood or stone? Why doesn't it just say furniture or hazards? So by using the expressions Eitz and Evan, we're alluding to what the Navi Yeshaya says, that he, he berates the Jewish people for calling the wood their father and saying that the stone produced them. In other words, that people turn wood or stone into idolatry. That is the impact of Shabbos candles. This is a very profound thought. We should think about it. Shabbos candles immunize a family against falling into the trap of idolatry. The existence of either wood or stone. Without the illumination of Shabbos candles, can sometimes trip up a person that the person could think, you know, stone is something that exists, wood is something that exists independently of God. To the extent that the person could even think that they are somehow a deity. Which is a form of Avedazara. Perhaps in our world, it's the inanimate technology that is the stone of today. When we have the light and power of Shabbos candles, where you've got this Ner Mitzvah, that has the impact of bringing Shalom, peace, a harmonized, balanced perspective of the world. Where the light actually translates, the spiritual light translates into physical light that actually illuminates the world practically. That guarantees that we don't slip up when it comes to these objects in our lives that we might ascribe too much, that might otherwise ascribe too much attention to. Because what Shabbos candles illustrates to us and reminds us, it's Shabbos. There's someone in charge. There's a balabayas. There's a master. And therefore, they must have created all of these things that I've engaged with the whole week long. This is my moment to reflect and say, hang on a second, the purpose of all of these things is to serve the Abishta, not to get caught up in the things. So therefore, Shabbos candles completely shift the whole psychology of the entire family to be in a healthy place for the entire week. That will help us to understand why when the Chachamim and the Mishnah wanted to work out a time frame that could prevent the Mitzvah from contaminating a house, they used Shabbos candles because Shabbos candles block the proliferation of impurity. Now we understand it and specifically in the context of Mitzvah. Because one thing we do know about Saras is that Tumas Mitzvah Tumas is B'yoyser. Tzaras is one of the most intense impurities a human could experience. So intense. That's why the person has to be quarantined outside of the camp. You send him not out only out of the precinct of the base Amikdash, but out of the whole Jewish settlement. 
And even when he's outside of the human settlement, he has to sit in quarantine. He can't even share the space with other people who are also impure. Which implies... <laughs> that the Mitzorah is also excluded from an area that may be designated for other impure people. Which indicates how bad Sarah says the person is removed from anything to do with holiness. Why would that happen? Maybe the Tzaras is because things are Midah. So what precipitated the Tzaras? Loshon Hora. And that's an Averich Omer which is extreme. It's a very serious uh, uh, transgression. The Rambam says that when people speak Lashon Hara, it causes them after that to speak badly about the Ebishter and even Chas Shalom to speak heresy. And obviously heretical thought, speech and behavior will completely separate a person from the Ebishter. What will protect us from the spread of that kind of impurity that turns people against people and turns people against God? The protection against that is specifically Shabbos candles. Because Shabbos candles have such a profound impact on the physical world, as we've noted, the Shabbos candles will prevent a person from tripping over blocks of wood or of stone. Which you've explained to me is not just stones and wood, but is the, the, the susceptibility to Avodah If the Rambam's uh, definition of Tzaras or of Lashon Hora, which causes Tzaras, is the possibility of heresy, we understand that that is a form of Avodah Zarah. And if Shabbos candles protect against Avodah Zarah, they protect against the Tumas Tzaras as well. Now, going back to the Rebbe's father's explanation, he also explains that lighting those Shabbos candles is similar to the purification process the Koyen uses to decontaminate somebody had Tzaras. Based on what we've explained, we can actually understand how that works. Because the power of Shabbos candles is not only to block the spread of the impurity of Tzaraz, but remember, it's the Mitzorah coming into the house, and the time frame of lighting Shabbos candles delays that Matsura being able to contaminate the utensils in the house. So not only do the Shabbos candles protect against the spread of the Tumah of the Tzaras, but they actually protect those Canaan, those utensils, to remain untouched, to remain in a state of purity. And that's quite similar to the process of purification, which the Koyan does, which is you take something that was impure and you make it pure again. So, this is quite similar to the concept of Isapcha. What's Isapcha? You take darkness, you transform it into light. You take impurity and you turn it into something which is pure. That's the Koyan's role in the Tzaras, right? To take the Matzara, who is impure, and turn him back to become pure. The Shabbos candles do that in a lesser sense for the Kaelin, the utensils that are in the house. There's impurity in the house, and this kind of flips it that the impurity can't touch these Kaelin. 
That's similar to Zdoinos Nasolikizochios. It's similar to the principle of real Teshuva. We take the, the Teshuva has so much power that it's able to take things that were discredit for the person who had performed those particular various and turn them into credits on his behalf. Hainu meaning shemi bodad yeshev goimer means you take he has the coin is taking somebody who has to sit outside of the entire Jewish community alone. Amora tachli sayurida kanal siftes which indicates that the person is in a dramatically low space. And nasa bodad yeshev maliyusa not only does the coin bring that person back into society. But the coin is able to elevate that person to a positive perspective of being alone. Like the Pasuk says, am That the Jewish people are a nation which is alone, meaning to say in a completely unique category that doesn't belong to the family of nations. Or as the Pasuk says, This incredible bracha that Yaakov, in other words the Jewish people, are completely unique, different, alone from all the other nations. If that is true for what we could do to Tzaras, totally transform it, the same is true for the darkness of Golis. And if it's true for any Golis, it's certainly true for the darkest, doubled dark Golis we're in now. That through the lights of Shabbos candles, that will illuminate the darkness of Golis and neutralize it completely. Not only that, we say Shabbos candles will take us to the time of Moshiach and the construction of the third Beis Hamikdash, as the famous saying goes, that if you light Shabbos candles, David just says, "I will show you the lights of Zion, the lights of the Beis Hamikdash." and then we'll see the fulfillment of the prophetic promise that the Eibushter will be the source of light in the whole world forever. Not only will the light overwhelm the darkness, but the light will transform the darkness itself to be able to shine, as the Pasuk says, that the night will shine like day. So we call it now move on. We can take a really practical lesson from this. Nowadays, when we're living in such a dark, in, like, imperme- impermeable darkness, it's incredibly and uniquely important for every single Jewish girl. Even those communities who used to have the custom that they would only begin to light Shabbos candles once they were married. And prior to them getting married, they would be, they would be included in their mother's Shabbos candles. We need to change that, says the Rebbe. As soon as a girl is old enough to be educated. When a girl is old enough, then we could explain to her the, the significance of Shabbos and Yom Tov candles. Tadlik should start lighting a candle of her own. Because this candle is going to change the world. The light of the Shabbos candles and the bracha, of course, that precedes it. Will illuminate that girl's life. Ladaas to be cognizant, and to remember that, like she states in her bracha before lighting, that is the master of the universe. And when a girl has practiced lighting candles for so many years, then you can be assured that when she reaches maturity and gets married, 
And then she will have the Abish's light guiding her over Tafkidok Akeras Abayas as the mainstay of the home. Tivneva Tokimas Bes Apirotzen Avayal Yaseda Hatereva Mitzvah that she'll be able to construct a home that is well grounded on the principles and values of Hashem and Torah. And there's another really pressing reason why we should get as many girls as possible from the youngest age to light Shabbos candles. Because we already said, We said that if a person lights Shabbos candles and they're very careful about it, their children will be Torah scholars. And you could say that their chasen will also be a Torah scholar. In early generations, the parents used to determine who the daughter was going to marry, and she just followed their lead. So because the mother was the one who played such a vital role in the shidduch of her children, the mother's Shabbos candles played a vital role in ensuring that the shidduch was a good shidduch. Through her candles, she could ensure that her daughter would marry a scholar. But now we live in a different time. Things have changed, and so the way people behave is, whether it's ideal or not, that ultimately it's actually the daughter who decides who she's going to marry. And if that's the case, then it's really vital that she should light her own Shabbos candles. And by lighting those Shabbos candles, that should bring her the merit of finding a really good chosen as a Torah scholar. Nowadays, that even in the best of homes, there are no guarantees that the parents will actually have a say in their daughter's choices. So therefore we have to really invest a tremendous amount of effort that she should start as early as possible meaning as soon as a girl is old enough to understand the value of Shabbos candles to light her own Shabbos and Yom Tov candles. And that will be the conduit for the fulfillment of the bracha that we always give to a person when they have a child, even a girl, that you should bring her to Torah, because that's a chiddush by a girl, even to bring her to the education of Torah, and to the chuppah, and to ma'asim toivim, and she'll marry, please God, a Torah scholar. That is the benefit and the value and the bracha of Shabbos candles.